Please bow your heads with me in a word of prayer. Lord Jesus, we thank you that you have gathered us together once again with one another around your word. By the power of your Holy Spirit, transform us that we may know who you are, who we are, and that we may have courage to live by your word. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So what's got John so upset at the beginning of our gospel today? We had uh, the beginning of this story last week, um, and John, we were introduced to John the Baptist, this uh, strange kind of dude who lived out in the wilderness and um, was preparing the way for the coming of the Messiah. That's uh, the, the, the word about John is that that's his role, that he was preparing people. Get ready. Get ready for what God is about to do. Be ready for the transformation of the world. All of the mountains that need to be brought low, all of the valleys that need to be lifted up, all of the highways that needed to be prepared for God is about to do something magnificent and we want to be ready. And so he's out in the wilderness baptizing folks. And then we're told what? There were people that came to be baptized by John. And John's words to them are, You brood of vipers! Doesn't that seem kind of odd? It seems like a strange call to worship to me. But uh, it, is, it is John's, it's the first words we get from John the Baptist in the Gospel of Luke. And it doesn't say he said it to um, those people that were just coming out to see what was going on, but had no interest in what he had to say. It doesn't say that. We kind of hear that or read that into it sometimes. Oh, he must have been talking to the people that were just kind of picking on him or whatever. Um, that were trying to make trouble for those that really wanted uh, the change that John was uh, pressing for. But it doesn't say that. It says, the people came to be baptized by John, and John said, you brood of vipers! Who warned you to flee from the wrath to come? Bear fruits worthy of repentance, he says. Which is another way of saying... If you want to change, then do something different. Repentance is about recognizing that we need a change. That that there's something about the world, something about our lives, something about what's going on that needs change. Anybody feel that way today? You feel like there's some stuff in your life? There's some stuff in the world around you. There's some stuff going on in the, the larger world that probably needs to get changed. You feel like that? Yeah, I I do too. That's repentance. It recognizes that we are not what we are supposed to be. We are not all that we could be. We are not all that we should be. We are not what God would envision for us. We are something less than what could be really, really good. I'm going to ask you another question. 
If you feel like there's some things that need to change in your life or in the life, in, in the community that we're a part of, maybe in this congregation as well, I'm sure there are, um, in our world as a whole, if you feel like that, have, have you ever not felt like that? Have you ever woke up one morning and said, everything is exactly as it should be? Anyone? <laughs> yeah, what... That was a great day, right? Right? One day. Uh, did it last? Yeah. Yeah? You're, you're still, exa- you're, that's your mindset. So, so you're, you're like, this is the way it should be. And I, I'm right where I need to be. Praise God for that. It is so rare that we live that way. It is so rare that we, we look at ourselves and the world around us and what is happening and we say, This is exactly as I hoped it would be. This is exactly where it should be. So almost always, in my own life, there's almost always something I look at and say, well, this could be better. This could be better. Repentance calls us to that process of saying, in every day, in every moment, Did I do everything that I could? And my answer is always no. I always fall short. There's always more to do. There's always always something that didn't work the way it was supposed to. What's really frustrating to me, what's really frustrating to me, and I hope this is true for you and I'm not just up here talking about myself, um, but what's really frustrating to me is that I find that the thing that would make things better a lot of times, it, it comes down to the same flaw in me. And as much as I know it needs to change, I seem unable to do anything differently. I keep doing that, even though I know I need to change. I know I need to do something differently. I know this isn't the way it's supposed to be. I know this isn't how it's supposed to work. Oh, you're good. You're good. Yeah, yeah. You're good. Your your answer was right on track. I'm just glad that you were interacting because that lets me know that God is, is doing something, is stirring in you, and we're locked in, and that's good. That's what we're here for. You see, sometimes I think we get so accustomed to living with a life that we seem powerless to do anything differently about that we stop even trying to do anything different. We just assume, well, I can't, so you know, I'll just wait here until God does it. And then we get caught up in movements, right? And, and John the Baptist is a movement, in, in this time, and in this age, John the Baptist, we are told what his ministry was, was it was a movement. And it was a movement that had reach. We're, we're told uh, that people from all the Judean hillside, all of the country around him, were coming to John to be baptized. What he was doing, this baptism of repentance, this life change that he was advocating, this, this sense that God is about to do something big and you want to be ready for it, so prepare your heart now. Repent, change your ways, and get ready for the Lord because 
transformation is about to happen. The Messiah is about to come. That's what John had been proclaiming. It's why he's baptizing. And the people are responding. They're saying, oh, I probably want to get in on that. And so they show up to be baptized by John, to be ready for when the Messiah comes and changes everything. Right? Um, I was thinking about this, and movements still happen today. Um, but the one that came to my mind first was a, uh, a movement that happened. I don't know. I didn't pinpoint exactly where it was. I should have Googled it. Um, if you got your phone, you can Google it and tell me afterwards. Um, but I was wondering when I remember these bracelets that uh, I used to have a whole bunch of, and I would wear them around my wrist. And uh, um, I always had more than one. Um, uh, I had probably... I, I couldn't even begin to guess how many I had in total over time, but I always wore at least two or three um, for a period of years, and they all said the same thing. They all said, W-W-J-D, right? You remember these? Some of you still have them in your, in your uh, sock drawer at home or something like that. Um, W-W-J-D. Um, now, my name starts with J, so um, I could look at that, and, and I could think, what would Jim do? But that's not what it was meant for to be. It was what would, what would Jesus do? How many of you owned a WWJD bracelet at some point in your life and wore it proudly? Yeah. Did you do what Jesus would do when you were wearing it? Uh, not always, right? <laughs> Sometimes, maybe. I don't know. I, most, did you do what you could do? Yeah. Always I do what I can do. Sometimes that's not very good, but it is what I can do. Right? WWJD was a movement. We got caught up in it. It was a spiritual movement, which is why I remember this one, um, in conjunction with John the Baptist. Because what happened? If you didn't have a WWJD bracelet, and you were part of the church, didn't you feel like you should get with the program? Now, you didn't need to. I'm not advocating that you, that was a good plan. I'm just saying there was a sense in which you didn't want to be left out. There was a sense in which you needed to know this was part of how you did this. Well, I guess this might be the, the way that we change things. This might be the way that, that, that things really get going. Because remember why you wore more than one was because if somebody asked you what that thing was around your wrist... Um, you were to do what? Give one to them and say, well, it's to remind me to do what Jesus would do. WWJD, what would Jesus do? So here, you have one and you can remember too. And so that's the way this was designed to work. Are we, you know, that happened when? At least in the 90s. It might have started in the 80s even. I, I, I don't know. It was probably back in the 80s. I don't like to think things were that long ago, but they were. Um, so that happened back in the 80s. Um, that means that we've had, what, 30 years of WWJD being in our mindset? How are we doing? <laughs> are, are you doing what Jesus would do, or are you doing what you would do? I, I do what I would do. <laughs> yeah. It's a mix, right? This is the thing. When John the Baptist comes 
uh, baptizing with a baptism of repentance, and the people come out to be baptized with him, you know what he says? You brood of vipers! Who warned you to flee from the wrath to come? You think you're going to get away from judgment because you showed up and you got the bracelet. I think that's what I hear in John's message today. And I have two things to say about that that John says. The first one is not pleasant. The first one is you're not getting away from the judgment. You're not. You're still going to have to repent. You're still going to see every time you do this that sometimes you do what Jesus wants you to do. Sometimes you do what you want to do. Only I do what Jim wants me to do, but that, that's the different. We do this. We aren't going to make it there. There is judgment. And you know what judgment means? It means that when Messiah shows up, some of what Messiah does is cut off some stuff that, about us that doesn't belong there. Now, we don't particularly like that much, do we? We get kind of nervous about that. We go, that doesn't sound pleasant. It isn't. And it's good. Because who, does, who hasn't felt the frustration of saying, I know this needs to change and I feel powerless to change it. You know what? God has that power. might not happen in this life. But God will bring that thing that keeps you from being who you were designed and made and called to be in the fullness of God's glory. God will bring you to that one day. We call that the kingdom of God. And it starts, we start to get there here, but we will get there in God's timing. So the first thing I need you to know is that it doesn't matter how many WWJD bracelets you had or how many movements you've attended or how many times you've gone to Billy Graham's crusade and and, uh, come forward. It doesn't matter how many times you've come forward for communion. It doesn't matter how many times you've done any of these things. You're still going to be judged. And you're still going to be found with some stuff that has to come to an end. I wish I could tell you otherwise. I just can't. John didn't. I'm not going to either. There's a second thing that John does. Because when you get that word of judgment, and you get it right, then the people's response in our Gospel today is our response. Well, then what should we do? That's what they said. What then shall we do? This is where What John says is so important for you to hear this morning. It's so important for me to hear and us to hear every morning. Because what I start to manipulate here is something other than what John says. What I start to hear, what then should we do, is... Well, we should actually do what Jesus would do, and we should right all of the wrongs of the world, and we should get this thing set in the right direction and make sure everyone understands how it is supposed to work. And then, when we would all know what God wants for the world, then we can do that, and we will transform the world. That's what I start to hear running around in my head. 
And what do I, what's my response to that? It's the same response that I can see by many of your faces. It's, yeah, that ain't going to happen. I can't. I, I can't do that. It's too big. It's too much. And try as I might, ain't never going to happen. That's not what John says. When they say, what then should we do? John says, share. Let's start there. Share. Isn't that amazing that that's what he says? This is a movement to transform the world, to get ready for the Messiah who will transform it further. And John's word to them is the same word that you say to your two-year-old. You know what you need to do? Share. That's right. Share. Share what? Well, share what you have an abundance of. Well, what's an abundance? Um, More than one. If you have two of something, you have more than you need. You can share then. (laughs) He says, if you have two coats, share one with somebody who doesn't have any. That sounds really easy. It isn't. It's hard. It's hard. Because you worked hard for those coats, as we said in Bible study today. You earned those coats. They're your coats. Why should you give them to somebody else? Because that's how the world changes. It doesn't seem like it, right? Seems like that that can't be enough. Share, really? That's the that's the solution to the world's problems. Uh, no, the solution to the world's problems is Jesus. But you can't do that, even with forty WWJD bracelets. You aren't going to do what Jesus did. So what should you do? Share seems like a pretty good place to start. Where does he go from there? We get these stuff about tax collectors, right? How do you think people felt about tax collectors back then? <laughs> yeah, same way we feel about them today, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, so when the tax collectors said to John, what should we do? We want him to say, stop collecting taxes. Get a better job. Do something uh, that, that gets rid of this whole practice in, entirely. Do something worthwhile with your life. Is that what John said? No, he said, collect the taxes you're supposed to collect instead of the ones that make you rich. Stop cheating people. He says, do your job the right way with others in mind. How about soldiers? The soldiers that show up here are probably Jewish soldiers who were hired by Rome to do some job or hired by the temple to keep people in line. They are soldiers that are hired out of the community to, um, to have authority over their, their, their community members. Do you think they were any more well-liked than the tax collectors? Not bloody likely, right? That's who they are. So, what should we do, these soldiers say. Again, John doesn't say, get a better job. 
John says, do your job right. And don't take advantage of the power that you have, the abundance that you have. You notice that's the abundance they have is a, is a power, a might. So use your might. Share that with others instead of using it for yourself. In every example that we get here, it's, it really boils down to sharing your power, your authority, your abundance for others. That doesn't seem like enough. But the reality is, it's more than enough for us to do. You want to start changing the world, church? Share. Figure out what you've been given. Share it with somebody else. It's true about your talents. It's true about your gifts. It's true about your resources. It's true about every passion that you have. Share. It's the first thing we talk about in our five keys. Share your story. You don't share someone else's, well, you can share someone else's story, but you share your story. You share who you are, even if you're a tax collector. You share who you are. And that begins to change. Not because you're such a great tax collector, but because God is such a great God that he can use tax collectors. All right. That's awesome. (laughs) He's ready. We share the love. So, let's close in prayer. God, for all that you have given us today, We always know we could do more. We always feel like we could use more. But God, we pray that you would break our hearts open today to see that this world is not about me, but it's about you, God, and your people. And you have called us to be one with one another. Give us courage to do our job to the best of our ability as you give yourself to all the world. Teach us to share in Jesus' name. Amen. The peace of Christ be with you always. Let's share God's peace with one another. Peace be with you.